Welcome back, guys. This is Sam. And this is Corrine, and we are two Onk Dogs. This week's episode will be focusing on testicular cancer, and we're going to go over the important details on the staging, risk categories, treatment options for both seminoma and non-seminoma, as well as the early and late toxicities of treatment. And testicular cancer is also known as a germ cell tumor and non-seminoma is known as a mixed germ cell tumor. And one important point that I want to make clear is that residual disease in non-seminoma can be a teratoma, which does not respond to chemotherapy or radiation. So keep that in mind for the remainder of the episode. Definitely. I can't say this enough that testicular cancer is such a high yield topic on the boards, the ITE and everything. The reason it's such a high yield topic is because unlike majority of cancers in advanced stages, we can actually cure most of these men. And so this was a huge groundbreaking thing that we did in solid tumor oncology. And so it is very testable. So this is something you guys need to re-listen to these episodes multiple times. Um, So to start us off, what are some risk factors for testicular cancer? So we have cryptocortism. We have Kleinfelters, which is 47XXY. We have isochromosome 12P. We have a family or personal history of testis cancer. And finally, infertility is also a risk factor for testicular cancer. Perfect. And one little pearl to remember is that if you also are given a vignette of cancer of unknown primary and they throw the isochrome 12P at you, it is testicular cancer and you treat it as such. So that is a pearl you guys should also commit to memory. What are our initial symptoms of testicular cancer? So a patient can present with a testicular mass. It can be painless or painful, or they can also present with any of the symptoms of metastatic disease. And then finally, if you have a vignette with an unprovoked DVT in a young man or see this clinically, you should be thinking about testicular cancer on your differential. Perfect. So what is the workup that we need to do and think about in a suspected testicular cancer case? So you're going to start off with a testicular ultrasound, and ultimately the patients are going to need an inguinal orchiectomy, which needs to be done quickly. So generally within a week, if you suspect testicular cancer, You can do sperm banking before or after that, especially if they're going to need chemotherapy. And then they will need a CT chest, abdomen, pelvis, as well as tumor markers. Very important point is that we do not biopsy the testis. Agreed. Not buying my biopsying the testis and also knowing that it is an inguinal orchiectomy. So you take the testy out through the inguinal area, the way it descended down are two very key concepts to commit to memory. When testicular cancer is suspected, what are the tumor markers that we need to obtain? So there are three. There's AFP, HCG, and LDH. Very important is that seminoma does not make AFP. So do not pick seminoma as the answer if the AFP is elevated. The half-life of AFP is seven days, and it should be going down by 50% per week with treatment. And we should generally ignore levels of AFP less than 20 And it's important to note that there are many other things that can raise your AFP, which include gastric cancer, hepatocellular carcinoma, and liver disease can also cause an elevated AFP. The second tumor marker is HCG, which has a half-life of three days, can also be elevated due to marijuana use or hypogonadism after orchiectomy. And when it's very elevated, suspect choriocarcinoma, which we will cover in a different episode. And finally, we have LDH, which is not that specific, but it is useful for prognosis. And then finally, very important note is that the tumor markers are categorized 
after orchiectomy for prognosis, not before. Yep. That last point is so important to remember. Um, And when we start talking about different risk categories of these tumor markers, know that it's after orchiectomy and really it's the day of chemo is how they're going to need, you're going to need to think about that for the vignettes. So what is the staging for testicular cancer? So stage one are those that are in the testis only, and you don't really need to know this T stage, but do remember that lymphovascular invasion increases the risk of relapse. Stage two are any patients with retroperitoneal lymph nodes and that have good risk tumor markers. So AFP less than a thousand HCG less than 5,000. Those stage three are the ones that have disease anywhere else. So pelvic lymph nodes, bone, liver, lung, or if they have intermediate or poor risk tumor markers. And it's really important to remember that pelvic lymph nodes are considered stage three. There is no stage four testicular cancer. And then there's also a stage called 1S, which is considered to be metastatic and treated as stage three if you have elevated tumor markers, even if the scans are normal. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so tell me about staging and how it, that matters with these tumor marker numbers and what are the numbers that we look for? So S0 are going to be normal tumor markers. S1 will be considered good, and those will be AFP less than 1,000 or HCG less than 5,000, and then an LDH less than 1.5, the upper limit of normal. S2 or intermediate risk will be AFP 1,000 to 10,000, HCG 5,000 to 50,000, or LDH 1.5 times 10, the upper limit of normal. And then S3 or poor risk will be AFP more than 1,000, sorry, more than 10,000, and then HCG more than 50,000 and an LDH more than 10 times the upper limit of normal. And then finally, if someone has a very high HCG or neurologic symptoms, you must consider a brain MRI as part of your staging. Mm -hmm. So what are the risk categories when we start talking about testicular cancer? So seminoma is easier because there's only two categories. You're either going to be good or intermediate risk. Good risk is pulmonary mets only. So this is an interesting disease in the sense that if you have lung only METs, that's actually considered a better prognosis than if you have METs in any other organ. And then intermediate risk is if you have non-pulmonary METs. And then for non-seminoma, good risk is if you have pulmonary only METs or S1, which will be that AFP less than 1,000 and HCG less than 5,000. And then intermediate is if you have pulmonary only or S2, And then poor risk is if you have non-pulmonary METs and S3 tumor markers, which will be AFP more than 10,000, HCG more than 50,000. Or if you have non-retroperitoneal lymph nodes or a mediastinal primary non-seminoma, pretty sure we had a question on mediastinal primary non-seminoma as well on our exam. Yeah, we did. So tell us in full detail now, how are we going to be treating seminomas in the testicular cancer setting? So really important pearl is that we will not dose reduce the chemotherapy and the treatment of testicular cancer. So do not delay the treatment as long as the ANC is more than 0.5 or the creatinine is less than 1.5. And also really important to remember the contraindications to bleomycin, which is part of that BEP regimen, which is age over 50 smoking history. And then if they do end up having pneumonitis to bleomycin and they're good risk, you drop the bleomycin, but if they're poor or intermediate risk, you will switch the bleomycin to iphosphamide. And so for stage one seminoma, 
we have three options. We have surveillance, 20 grays of radiation, or one to two cycles of single agent carboplatin. The guidelines prefer surveillance. However, if a patient is uncomfortable or planning to live abroad and is unable to comply with surveillance, you want to consider either radiation or carboplatin. For stage two seminoma, we have 2A, which are lymph nodes less than three centimeters, or 2B, which are lymph nodes more than three centimeters. And so for those stage two with lymph node only disease, you have the option of the good risk chemo, which is either bleomycin, etoposide, and cisplatin, or BEP times three cycles, or drop the bleomycin and do EP, so etoposide, cisplatin, for four cycles. So those are for the stage twos. Or if they're the 2A, which are the lymph nodes less than three centimeters, you can also do 30 gray of radiation. And then finally, for the stage three seminomas, which will be those non-pulmonary METs, you are going to do a more escalated version, which is BEP for four cycles. Or you also have the option of an alternate regimen, which is called VIP times four, which is etoposide, iphosphamide, cisplatin, and mesna. So remember, good risk, BEP times three or EP times four. Remember, intermediate poor risk, BEP times four or VIP times four. Definitely. Knowing each breakdown of all of these stages and seminomas and how we treat them. And also when we start talking about non-seminomas later in this episode, it is so important to know those details. Make yourself a graph, a grid, an outline, and commit it to memory. If you're doing the MD Anderson videos, I think they had a really good table in there walking through all these regimens. And when we give four versus three, when you can do BEP versus EP and when you need VIP. Um, So all high yield things. So what happens if there's a residual mass after the completion of treatment in seminomas? So if you have a mass more than three centimeters, you will consider a PET scan. If this is negative, you can do surveillance. If it's positive, you're going to biopsy it. And if there's residual disease, you're going to consider either radiation surgery or additional chemo in the form of EP times two or VIP. Just remember PET scan will only be the answer in residual mass in seminoma. And then for non-seminoma, you're not going to do a PET scan and they're also radio resistant. So you're not going to do radiation. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So now we're going to switch gears and from seminomas. Now let's think about how are we going to treat non-seminoma testicular cancer? So for stage one and two A, which will be cancer localized to the testis with normal tumor markers, you can do surveillance or RPLND retroperitoneal lymph node dissection. If the lymph nodes are less than two centimeters or there's less than five, you can observe if they're more than two centimeters and more than six lymph nodes, you will do BEP times two. For the stage 2B to 3A, which will be an AFP less than 1,000, HCG less than 5,000, and then if they have retroperitoneal lymph nodes or lung mets only, you can get away with that good risk regimen of BEP times three or EP times four. However, if they're 3B to 3C, or have any of that criteria for intermediate or poor risk, so AFP more than 10,000, HCG more than 5,000, non-lung mets, non-retroperitoneal lymph nodes, or mediastinal primary non-seminoma, you need to pick the more aggressive regimen of BEP times four or VIP times four. Definitely. And what happens if we have residual mass after the treatment in a non-seminoma testicular case? So if you have a residual mass more than one centimeter, you're going to do a lymph node dissection. And if it's a teratoma, you're going to monitor. If it's positive for residual disease, you may consider two more cycles of chemotherapy. 
And also note that if you have a vignette with a patient with a non-seminoma that's getting chemo and the mass is growing, you have to beware of growing teratoma syndrome and do surgery right away. I think those are two high yield topics that you just said. So again, in seminomas, you can do PET scans for residual masses. In non-seminomas, we don't do PET scans. We do surgery. And you need to be aware of teratomas and then that growing teratoma syndrome on chemo that is highly testable and something we should be aware of. So what are salvage treatment options for non-seminoma testicular cancer? So we have two options. We have TIP or VEIP. So TIP is paclitaxel, iphosphamide, and cisplatin. And then VEIP is different than VIP, which is vinblastine, iphosphamide, and cisplatin. And this can be followed by an autologous stem cell transplant. And this is really unique to a solid tumor where you actually will consider doing an autologous stem cell transplant. Yeah. And again, you need to remember that auto stem cell transplants is actually for the rescue. So you're really blasting the bone marrow to a point of non-recovery with chemo. And then you're rescuing the patients out of that pancytopenia with their auto stem cells. Very different than when we do allo stem cell transplants for leukemias or other hemolignancies. So what are the important toxicities that we need to be aware of in such a young population um, that we're giving a lot of chemo to? So some of the lake toxicities include cardiac disease, secondary malignancies, peripheral neuropathy from that cisplatin or Raynaud's. Terrific. This has been an awesome overview of testicular cancer. So Corinne, what are our takeaway points for testicular cancer? So remember the risk stratification. So remember for good risk, you can do BEP times three or EP times four. Remember for intermediate or poor risk, you can do BEP times four or VIP times four. Remember, those are the patients with an AFP more than 1,000 and HCG more than 5,000, non-lung mets, non-retroperitoneal lymph nodes, or a mediastinal primary non-seminoma. Do not dose-reduce the chemo and do not delay as long as the ANC is more than 0.5 or the creatinine is less than 1.5. And then really know what happens if there's a residual mass. So if it's more than three centimeters in seminoma, do a PET scan, and then you can do surgery, radiation, or chemo. And this is the only role for PET scan. And then finally, for a tumor more than one centimeter in non-seminoma, there's no role for PET or radiation. You're going to do a retroperitoneal lymph node dissection. And then if there's residual teratoma, the answer will always be surgery. Terrific. So as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Good luck with your board setting. Happy August. Start kicking into high gear. And please feel free to reach out to us with corrections, comments, what you guys would like to see on next episodes on our Twitter, 2 Docs. Have a great week.